0: Welcome to the Spiritually Discerned Podcast with Jimmy Gear. Welcome to the Spiritually Discerned Podcast tonight as we Go to Genesis 39 and um, I'm going to read a lot of verses tonight in this chapter It's something. I hope that'll be um, helpful and an encouragement to our listeners. Uh, We've we've gone through about a calendar year of this whole COVID-19 thing, and I'm sure we're all getting pretty weary of the social social distancing, wearing masks and different things like that. and just the idea that this whole past year has been a lot of things, restrictions and uh, practices that have uh, put a lot of us in different isolation type cases. We even, you know, we even use the word quarantine for someone that was exposed, someone that that, that thought that they were probably sick with the virus. They they went into quarantine and isolation. We heard, you know, a lot of uh, really. Horrible stories about people in the hospital that weren't even weren't even able to see their loved ones because of this whole practice that that happened. And, and that's one of the trials that we've seen this past year with the pandemic is how it affected our socialization, even as uh, church members. You know, we had to kind of deal with that as well um, in an effort to squelch the virus or at least limit its impact. You know, we were told to keep our space from one another. Um, restaurants, movie theaters, entertainment venues, sporting events, all those things were either canceled. Uh, even even parks um, have been kind of shut down to try to limit the spread of the virus. And the effect of that on us as a nation, there's, you know, there's been, there's been a lot of observation about the, the effect on one's mentality uh, when you When you have a limit to socialization, the ability to interact with with both your loved ones and your friends and and other people as well, Um, maybe even work relationships have been missed to some regard. Um, We've had to endure isolation. Um, We we even came up with, I don't know if we came up with the term, but we even had a term that became part of our everyday common nomenclature, which is Social distancing. Uh, We don't usually think of isolation or even the dramatic changes to our normal routines as anything but negative, right? But and I don't want to minimize the effect of the virus because it was devastating, devastating. Um, And a lot of the consequences surely definitely were negative, but when we go behind the scenes and we even see in the Bible that talks about this. And then what we're going to talk about today is how, <coughs> excuse me, how times of isolation can be times of opportunity. Um, I think of myself with, with this podcast and everything the the seeds of that idea and the decision came during the time of isolation and actually motivated me because at the time when I really started forming uh, this podcast and doing some other things and getting on YouTube and different things like that. um, It came not only as a result of being in isolation, but but in the idea that I wanted to make the best of a bad situation, make something grow out of that negative time. And I think that's a biblical principle. About growing during times when, when there's negative things. I don't wanna say that I suffered, because I certainly didn't. I know many people did suffer this past year. I didn't suffer, um, other than the fact that, you know, our, our more superficial things for me personally, you know, change of routines, not being able to go to some of the places that we could freely come and go from without even a thought. Those were the kind of things that, that, I, that I dealt with, but nothing compared to what others did. But I, I also wanted to bring something good out of that. And for me, it was spending that time that I would have spent in, in other things, uh, trying to build this podcast for the Lord. And so there there is an idea of inspiration in times of isolation. And that's what I want to talk about today as we look in the life of Joseph um, in Chapter 39 of Genesis. And I want to read The first 23 verses. So bear with me as we do this. Um, In Genesis 39, verse 1 And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptians house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master wotteth not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all that he hath into my hand. There is none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her, And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went into the house to do his business and there was none of the men of the house there within and she caught him by his garment saying lie with me and he left his garment in her hand and fled and got him out. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and was fled forth that she called unto the men of her house and spake unto them saying see he hath brought in a Hebrew unto us, to mock us. He came in unto me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it came to pass when he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled and got him out. And she laid up his garment by her until his Lord came home. And she spake unto him according to these words, saying, The Hebrew servant which thou hast brought unto us came in unto me to mock me. And it came to pass as I lifted up my voice and cried that he left his garment with me and fled out and it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife which she spake unto him saying after this manner did thy servant to me that his wrath was kindled and Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison a place where the king's prisoners were bound and he was there in the prison but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatsoever they did there. He was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made to prosper. Inspiration in isolation. We if you know the rest of the story. Uh, Joseph begins to interpret interpret dreams within that prison. And by the way, that prison, you know, a lot of times we put our modern thoughts on ancient writings and but that prison was a very, very dark place. And I mean, physically, it was dark, you know, probably win- windowless, there might have been a hole in the ground to, to bring some sunlight in. But it was like being in a cave. Um, it was it was a dark place, it was an isolated place, but it was in that place that Joseph's ministry for the Lord continued to go forth. And that's a theme of Joseph's life that he brings out later on that, you know, he was put in these bad situations, but God allowed him to make the most of those situations to serve the Lord. And so that's kind of what I want to hit on the positive aspects of Joseph's imprisonment, as we talk about the subject of inspiration in isolation. And the first thing I want to say about that is, we aren't always in times of hardship because of punishment, but it's always for a purpose. In fact, in verse 20, there's a distinction made between Joseph and the other prisoners. It says that in verse 20, to read that again, Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. So these prisoners were were there for um, doing something that upset or or made the king angry, something against the king. Joseph was not one of the king's prisoners. He was Potiphar's prisoner, um, and and he there was a distinction made, and we need to spend a little bit of time with that. Joseph, in the greater view of things, Joseph was in prison not because of God's punishment, though it was man's, but it was there for a he was there for purpose. And we can look at it from one aspect and see Potiphar's idea of what Joseph had done or what Joseph should be faced with. But there's someone over Potiphar and and this happens many times in the scriptures where, you know, there's something that man is trying to do, but God is over it all. I think about Ahab and Ahab coming against Elijah and saying, you're the one that's troubling israel that wasn't true Uh, elijah was serving god elijah was by extension serving ministering and helping israel but from that man's perspective he was working against israel what a twisted perspective ahab had but it kind of goes to show what we're talking about here notice joseph's unique identity he was not a seditionist as the others most likely were he was wrongfully charged wrongfully imprisoned. And even Potiphar's opinion of the quote unquote crime is dubious. I'm not sure that Potiphar really believed that Joseph was guilty of what his wife had said. It's better to have a clean conscience and be in prison than to do wickedness and sit at a king's table. That's a quote from the great commentarian and preacher Alexander McLaren um, and there's a lot of truth in that. And because of the fact that he had a unique identity because he was not like the others he would become a leader. He became a leader when he served in Potiphar's house. He became a leader when he was in isolation in prison. And because he continued to be faithful to God, despite his circumstances, he would become a leader of the king, Pharaoh himself, and a leader, most of all and most importantly, in God's estimation. God may be using, and I shouldn't say may, God truly is intending to use this period of isolation, that we're still in with COVID as of March 2021. And in future times of not just physical isolation, but feelings of spiritual isolation, when maybe friends or family may forsake you, God intends to use this time to mold you, to make you into what he has for you. Ultimately, we are God's servants. Ultimately, we must understand That the situations we enter into into this life are all God's part of God's plans and purposes for our life. Joseph had a unique identity. And because of that, Joseph had a unique destiny as well. He was destined for life, not for death. And we see that immediately when he comes into the prison, in our text at least, of how the How the prison keeper looked to bestow such authority and responsibility to Joseph because he saw Joseph's unique identity, the difference he had in him. And and God used that and God used the prison keeper to continue to mold Joseph to lead him to his unique destiny as well. No matter the situation, Joseph's leadership qualities were irresistible. And maybe we could even say because of the situations he found himself in his leadership qualities were irresistible. The prison that he was in was his crucible, his testing ground. And isn't it interesting how testing grounds can become your stomping grounds. It was a place where his integrity was tried but proven and thus strengthened as well. Think about the great leadership qualities that Joseph shows in his life. Joseph, as a leader, was a source of strength in Israel's place in history because he took his strength from God's mercy and favor. The phrase God was with him is mentioned three times, twice here in our passage that we read and then again in Acts 7 verses 9 and 10. As a leader, Joseph set the pace. Joseph is the epitome of a spiritual self starter an inspiration that inspiration that you may experience in isolation is the beginning of a great work for God if you'll let him continue to do his work in your life only the spiritual self-starter will do something with inspiration look mark this down and note this every single person on this earth has potential But, but potential is meaningless and wasted If that potential is not both put in the hands of God and consistently worked for step by step. The jailkeeper did not feel like he had to micromanage Joseph, even though Joseph came from a people that were enemies of Egypt, not brothers the jailkeeper found in Joseph things he could trust. Joseph set the pace, and he was a, as a leader, he was a man of godly ambition and character. We see this time and time again in Joseph's life. Even when his brothers turned against him and threw him in that pit, and sold him into slavery. Joseph was consistent. He continued to serve the Lord. When Joseph was taken to Egypt. And uh, totally wrongfully accused. Of a crime that he didn't even close to commit. And he was thrown in prison. Thrown in a hole a second time. He continued to show integrity. And ambition and character. The butler that he would deal with later on, even when the butler forgot about him. When the butler was paroled out of prison back to his position with the king, with Pharaoh. When Joseph was forgotten in that prison, he continued to follow God. I think we all at times at least are tempted to believe, tempted to believe that God has forgotten us, that God has called us to something and then left us to fend for ourselves. Brothers and sisters, that is not the truth of the matter. We don't always see God. Our vision of him may be obscured by earthly matters that may even be partially of us our limited faculties, our limited vision, our limited understanding of what God's trying to do. But God has never forsaken or forgotten us, even when circumstances and even when the devil will lead us to believe that maybe he has. Joseph understood that, that we all need to understand as believers, that I think many times we've forgotten in our churches today buying into the temptation and the lie that the world puts before us dangling it out there like a carrot that we have to make a name for ourselves that we have to be popular in the world that our success is judged and gauged through numerical ways and that is simply not true Joseph realized that Self-advancement was not the route of integrity and character. That sometimes those things, the most important works that we have to do for God, are done in silence and done in isolation. And integrity is most proven, not before the eyes of men, but when the only eyes that are upon us are the eyes of God. And when it's proven there, and when we pass that test, that's when God can speak to us in the privacy of those moments and mold us and make us and purify us and lead us further down that narrow way. When we go through difficulty, we often seem to think, even as believers, that it's punishment for some evil, when often it is preparation for something good. Isolation, then, is not time wasted unless we waste its potential in our lives. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, the author of the Gulag archipelago archipelago. Gulag Archipelago, sorry, that's a mouthful, isn't it? He was imprisoned prison for, for his faith. But he made a statement. He grew in prison. He grew in isolation. He was inspired in isolation. And he said that even in prison, there's a job to do. So when it comes to inspiration and isolation, the first point that I, that I, that I think is made here is that we aren't always in times of hardship because of punishment, but always for a purpose. And the second point I want to make today that Joseph shows us in his isolation is that dark places need dedicated people. Joseph was imprisoned for 10 to 12 years years folks that's a long time i don't care how you cut that i don't care how you think about that that's a long time 10 to 12 years in a hole is a long time plenty of time for a man to decide to be unfaithful to god to abandon his father in heaven but that's not what we see in the life of joseph look it's easy to be dedicated when you're in the limelight it's not so easy to be dedicated when you're in a dark place. We see a reality here in the life of Joseph that we see also in the life of David. David, who kept his father's sheep, an unglorious, not a bad vocation, but not one with, with great glory. But because he could keep the sheep and guard the sheep, fighting the lions and the bears, there was a lot more to what David was doing out there in the fields, away from the eyes of men. And because David was faithful during that time, God had David to go up against that giant and then to later lead his people. And I know that David made a lot of mistakes in his life. But the overriding theme of David's life was a man of faith and spiritual courage. I I think that's what we're left with when we read the accounts of David. And David shows the realities in his life that Joseph shows here. And it's a a quote that, that is not original with me. And I can't tell you who said it originally, but it's true that God will trust men in the high places who he can trust in the hard places. Ask ourselves the question as Christians who are instructed in the New Testament by our Lord Jesus to let our light so shine that men may see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. How can we let our light shine when we are always standing in the daylight we can't inspiration in isolation calls for dedicated people in dark places the word inspiration that we use today is from a latin word inspare which has a middle english reckoning meaning divine guidance that's what true inspiration is divine guidance now the inspiration that we experience as believers as God speaks to our heart through the Holy Spirit is not the miraculous divine inspiration of the writers of Holy Scripture but it is similar in many regards in that it is divine guidance, the same Holy Spirit that moved holy men of God to write down the God-breathed word that we have in our Bibles today. Yes, I believe that. I believe it. Do you? Is the same Holy Spirit, the same person that inspires you in your service to the Lord, that moves you, by faith out of your places of comfort and into the places of service. The word inspiration, inspire, is akin to the word respiration, respire. And I don't think there's any um, coincidence that the word inspiration of the men of God who were moved to write scripture in its original form were writing the respired word of God that word inspiration in the greek of these men that miraculous thing that took place is the greek word theonoustos god breathe literally from the nostrils of God. God breathed out his word. Jesus gives us the example of dedication in a dark place. We saw Jesus in the dark place in the wilderness being tempted of Satan for 30 days, hungry, thirsty, and brought into that period of temptation. We see it again, physically and spiritually, in the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus was again tempted. When Jesus cried out and said, let this cup pass from me. Now, I believe that the cup was, was separation from his father. But there, that was a time of, of temptation. Such great mental and spiritual agony that he sweat drops of blood. And then Jesus again going through the dark place. In dedication, when he hung on the cross for our sins, and when the earth was physically darkened, and the spiritual darkness came when God had to turn his back on his son, and Jesus would cry out, Eli, Eli, Lama sabachthani? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The, the same lament he had in the garden. Jesus, who is sad in, his, in, in God's word, numbered with the transgressors, one who knew no sin, became sin for us. And that's the bottom line about men like David, about men like Joseph, about men like Jesus who had times where the public received them with both open arms and upraised hands, and then at times did not. And most of the times those were superficial followers. I think of Jesus and his triumphal entry as a great example of that. They illustrate the simple purpose that every Christian must understand and accept. In a time of huge churches And uh, public acclaim and celebrity worships, not just worshiping celebrities, but worshipers that have become celebrities. And I say that most of the time very loosely. Is the simple fact that we have been put on this earth to be approved by God, not applauded by men. If people are your ultimate focus, you will be let down, and you will let down God. Dark places need dedicated people. And then the last thing I want to talk about, about inspiration in times of isolation. The third and final thing. And I want to be careful with this one, especially after what I just said. Is that the end result of Joseph's isolation was prosperity? It said and it says as much in verse 23 that because the Lord was with him and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. This shows that for truly. Inspired people, inspired by God, your situation does not have to be ideal for you to prosper. In fact, if you don't even survive your situation, ultimately we are prospering. As Paul said, Paul said, he said, I'm caught. In a, in a straight betwixt two, wanting to stay here with you and minister to you fellow believers, but wanting to go to be with God. But ultimately he said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It may not feel like the right place all the time, but brother, sister, When you're in God's will, even a prison can be a platform. If you don't know this God of who I'm talking about and you feel this darkness all around you, would you allow the light of the gospel to penetrate your heart? Jesus came to die for your sins. Why did he die for your sins? Why was that necessary? because the bible tells us in romans all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god and that the wages of sin is death and folks that's an eternal death the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord john 3:16 God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, that that if you shall call upon the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. If you believe that, if you have faith and belief in what Christ did for you on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago, And you would pray and surrender to him and say, by faith I come and I ask you, Lord, to forgive me for my sins, to wash me pure, wash me clean. And save me from the penalty of my sins, Lord, that I confess. Then God will come and he will will save you if that is your earnest and honest prayer today. There's nothing fancy about it. I wouldn't say it's necessarily the easiest thing to do but the plan of salvation is simple if you cry out to the lord and if you've done that today or if you if you do that please let us know write us a note so we can encourage others about your decision for christ if you just want to write us with a question or with a comment Then you can do that at Spiritually Discerned Podcast. All lowercase, all together, without any space or dash. Spiritually discerned podcast at gmail.com. We hope that this message has been an encouragement to us, or I'm sorry, to you. It's it's been an encouragement to me as well but I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you and maybe you can encourage someone else who's going through a hard time, maybe needs some words of encouragement and you would forward this to them. You would share this with them. Maybe you would have enough courage to share it on your Facebook page or share it with other people that they may be encouraged by the Lord. Let's work at this together to get the message out. Thank you so much for your time. I I never want to um, undervalue or take for granted the time that you set aside to listen to these messages. And my earnest prayer is that it is a blessing and encouragement in your life. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast and listening today. And Until next time, may God richly bless you.